What's up, everybody? This is Sean Mangoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. My prayer is that you encounter God as a result of listening to this sermon today. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? Pastor CG and I are here today, and we're starting our new series, Relationships are awesome. <laughs> oh, Lord. So here we're we go. excited about this series. Um, you guys know we do at least once a year, and we never do it at the traditional times of talking about relationships. So we're excited about this series. We're going to talk about a few different elements of relationships, but we're going to kick it off with the most foundational relationship and how everything stems from there. So go ahead, hon. How about okay. you kick it off for us? All right, here? let's pray. And then we're going to read from uh, Mark chapter 12, verse 28 to 34. Uh, CG is going to read that. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for every person here. Um, and I thank you, Lord, every person represents relationship with God and relationship with others. So we all are in a relational context in some way. So we pray, Holy Spirit, teach us and give us revelation today on how to do relationships better and do them well. That's what this is all about, God, because if we can do this well, it will touch every other part of our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. So Mark chapter 12, verse 28. I hope you guys are already there, but here is how it reads. Then one of the scribes came. And having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all of your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second like it is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So the scribe said to him, Well said, teacher, you have spoken the truth, for there is one God, and there is no other but he. And to love him with all my heart, with all the heart, and with all the understanding, with all the soul, and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself, is more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Now when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. But after that, no one dared question him. So there we go. Um, as we talk about relationships, I believe this is the foundational scripture for oh, yeah. all relationships. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or all our very existence yeah. on the planet. Because yeah. Jesus said, just kind of paraphrasing here a little bit, summarizing is the number one thing for the Christ follower is that our relationship with God is intact and growing. Yeah. Love, this is commandment number one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Depending on your version, mm -hmm. some of those words are kind of interchangeable or whatever. But what is it saying? That my entire being, my life, my very existence is for the purpose of loving God. Mm -hmm. Being in relationship with Him. Mm -hmm. And the second, as Jesus said, is like it. It parallels. It's... It's our relationship and love for people. 
Yeah. That is it. That is the foundation. First things That's first. Everything. Let's establish that first. Relationship with God, relationship with people. You'll find that when when your relationship with the Lord is growing, the way you perceive people, the way you interact with people, it changes because mm -hmm. as you get to know him, as you become more like him, your heart for people is a reflection of his heart for people. So they're tied, completely tied, completely connected. Um, and you'll find when we drift, when, when, when our priority isn't the Lord, you find that sometimes there are some struggles or there, the grace isn't there sometimes to navigate challenging relationships because we all know there are great relationships and then there are challenging ones, but the great ones don't become great unless you go through some challenge in them. So right. we're gonna get, good. get to all of that. So go ahead, honey. Yeah, so uh, once again, our relationship with God is the most important thing in our lives. And our relationship with people is the second most important thing in our lives, yeah. period. When you get saved, and, and this is kind of going along as my wife was sharing with me earlier this morning, like we're kind of just continuing with the, with kind of the, the theme or where God has us as a community, the way he's calling us to teach and preach and to disciple the people that call this their church home. And that is the Christian life is different. Yeah. It is different. And so, you know, we might have people get saved and their whole drive is success. Nothing wrong with success. But success is an idol when it's at the expense of not loving God and not loving people. Yeah. Yeah. Like that is wrong, yeah. right? So, or whatever our drive is, if it is at the expense of not of, of choosing not to love God or love people for the result of something that you want or desire in this life, whatever that desire is must be touched by God, sanctified and placed on the altar yeah. so that we can do the, as my wife wrote in our notes, first things first. Mm -hmm. Let's not put the cart before the horse. Love God, love people. And so here's our first point, is that people matter more than anything. Of course, God matters more, ultimately, but we're talking about relationships. Yeah. And so when we get that right, our, 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 okay, God first, Jesus first, seek first the kingdom. the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added unto you, right? And, but after that, like it, people matter more than anything. And you guys have heard us say this before that like I can't I can't properly love my husband if I don't have a healthy love relationship with the father. Mm, um, that's good. How I love him is a direct reflection of my relationship with God. How I love my children is a direct relationship is a direct result of my relationship with the Lord because every relationship requires growth, it requires grace, um, and it requires something beyond us in order to do it well and to do it with a genuine heart of, um, of um, a genuine heart of, I really care. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes I feel like people struggle, like it's contrived. It's like, well, I have to do this because of this. I have to do this because I was like, yes, there are general guidelines to relationships, marriage relationships, parental relationships, whatever kind of relationships. But um, we need the grace of God 
to be able to do things and to love people well and effectively. And um, relationships are really there to help us grow. Mm. Um, and people are in our lives to help us grow. There's no story in the Bible that doesn't involve relationships, all kinds of relationships, sibling relationships, friendships, romantic relationships, parental Parent. relationships. Like you will find an example of romantic. all of those relationships in scripture. Why? Because that is like the, the theme that runs through the Bible. It began with God. He created Adam and Eve to be in relationship with him. And even when the relationship changed because of sin, God said, I am going to, I have a plan to restore relationship. Like think about his ultimate plan for people. Think about what God did for us so we could have restored relationship with him. And because of our restored relationship with him, it enables us to really have a true heart, genuine heart, genuine love for the people we encounter every day. Even the people that push our buttons, those people are there mm -hmm. to help us grow. Mm -hmm. And when we have those challenging relationships, it's like, okay, Lord, where are you speaking to me here? Where do I need to grow in this? How can I navigate, navigate the challenge of this relationship, whether it's a work relationship with parents, children, husband, whatever it is, there's grace there because God cares about those relationships even more than we do. Yeah. And so uh, go along with what my wife said, because people matter so much to God, um, <laughs> And they do, as she explained here, even the difficult ones, they matter a lot to our very life and walk with God. And our just it's just it's the vehicle by which God ministers to us and yeah. through us. Yeah. So here it is. Because people matter so much, we must learn. We must learn mm -hmm. to do relationships well. Yeah. All right. So Jesus died for people. Period. People. He died. Period. He died for you. He didn't die for your job. He didn't die for you so you could get a nice house. He didn't die so so you could just live your life and and not think about the people in your life. He died for people. People. Period. So that is what matters. That is the most important thing. So let's get it right. Let's work on our relationships with people. And even if you think that your relationships are great, there's always room to grow, always room to grow. So point number one, again, people matter more than anything. Um, now, of course, just to reiterate, we're not talking about more than God, right? We're not <laughs> worshiping people, no. but after God first, in every context, yeah. folks, people are always second. Yeah. Uh, that is just yeah. the way it is for multiple reasons. I mean, from your own spiritual development to God's heart to, I, I believe when we have this type of mindset, it helps us keep other things that can be unhealthy yeah. in check. Like, yeah. wait a minute, I want to do this. I want to accomplish this, but wait, the people in this space matter more than what I want or desire. Yeah. So, yeah. It speaks to value. Yep. It really speaks to value and what we value. And a lot of times we have to adjust mm -hmm. our value systems to um, really align with God's heart. 
It's good. That is not a God issue. It's an us issue. And we have to really be sensitive to the Holy Spirit about how to do these things well, how to do relationships well. Because like I said, we can't do it in and of ourselves because we're human. <laughs> our human nature gets involved. Our own desires and wants get involved. And we have to remember what's most important. So this is our next point. Our next point, learn to relate well to people. Um, and I love that it says learn to relate well to people because there's some people you will just naturally get along with. It's a natural thing. You meet them and you're like, yeah, we're best friends for life. <laughs> and then you meet other people and you're like, yeah, without this context that we're meeting, we would probably never be friends. But I think it's important to recognize even in those moments mm -hmm. that there is always some point of connect with a person. There is always the, the onus is on us to find the common ground with people. And it doesn't mean that these people have to become best friends with you or anything like that. But I think um, when you treat another person as if they have value, people respond to that. So even if there's a challenging person in your life, um, to give them the thought that, you know what, they're actually listening to me. <laughs> they actually care about me um, or they at least care enough to hear me. Um, that makes a difference for people. Like, it's a process. You got to learn. You got to learn. With the ones that don't necessarily come naturally, you got to learn. And help ask the Holy Spirit to help you because he will. It's so good. Um, and I would consider relationship building a keystone habit. And so we'll talk about this because, and, and maybe why, or maybe, I don't know if you, not everybody may know what that means, keystone habit, but it's just a, um, a word. I don't know if it's um, behavioral health people or sociology or um, something I comes think it's from. More like leadership. Leadership like, stuff, okay. Yeah, where you're like, like oh, it's more bringing structure to your life. It's yeah. like self help. It's not like, really self help, but like. Yeah, yeah. Like, so personal improvement yes. stuff. So, yeah. Personal development. So, the idea behind it is like, it, like, because people have done studies on this and maybe there's some sort of science behind it. There that is. If you focus on a specific habit, that habit. If you stick to it, it can positively affect yeah. other areas of your life. Yeah. And so they say this too, within the family context, I'm going to throw this in here <laughs> as, a, as a thought, right. but they do say this, that if families eat with their children regularly at the dinner table, people have said, and they've studied this, that that is a keystone habit for the emotional well-being of your children. Like that's something about sitting down with your kids, pausing, eating together, and, and just talking to them face to face, having and eating food with them. There's something about that that positively affects their well, life. Well, just think about it. Like think about all of the stories about Jesus that involve food. Yeah, and how he would sit down. <laughs> and he would sit down. Even after he rose from the dead. Like were, he would yeah. sit down and eat with were, people. Like people would worship him while he's eating <laughs> with someone. He went to Zacchaeus's house to wow. eat. Like there's a lot of context right. around the Lord's Supper. sharing a meal. And setting aside that time to sit with people. Yeah. And that is how you learn about people. It's really mm -hmm. taking a pause mm -hmm. in the go, go, go and having moments. And I think even for us with even how busy we are, like we're busy. We have a lot going on. But there is some every time we look at our schedule for a week, we're like, okay, 
these are the nights that we can actually sit down and have a proper family meal. It's either dinner or in the in the morning. Breakfast is kind of like a big meal for us as a family. It's the time where we all kind of get to sit down together and eat. Even mm -hmm. if the kids are getting ready for school, it gives us those moments to gather and they make a difference. Mm -hmm. It makes a, a big difference of, it's amazing how people will open up after, like when their belly is full <laughs> and when they're in a relaxed place, it is, um, it's good for the soul. Yeah, it's healthy. It's not just good for your tummy. It's good for the soul. It is. Um, so and I good. think it's so important. Like that's why you're, you're like, let's go meet for coffee. You're going to sit down and we're going to get some coffee and we're going to chat. Let's meet, meet at a coffee shop. That's why a lot of gathering happens around food. <laughs> but I believe it's a, it's a, we're following in Jesus' footsteps. Even the church in the New Testament, it said that they would gather yeah, together. Break bread. Break bread together. And as a result, the church grew because mm -hmm. they cared about each other and met each other's needs. It comes from those moments of gathering and so building good. relationship. So good. So keystone habit. Let me just read the definition here. This is what a keystone habit is by <laughs> definition. Is key, uh, because keystone habits are defined as routines by which one operates. And these routines have a ripple effect across everything you do in life. Mm -hmm. And so what we're saying is the conscious effort to focus on your relationship with God as a relationship and people will have positive ripple effects throughout every area of your life. Yeah. Okay. So as Christians, here it is. Um, it is so, now we're going to get into some nitty gritty stuff here. Um, <laughs> as Christians, it is so important that we do our personal business with God so we can personally get healed, restored, and delivered. Why? Of course, because that's just good for me, right? <laughs> but <nice. laughs> it is good for the people yeah. in my life. Yeah. Okay. And so here we go. Um, and you've probably heard this uh, a million times before, if you've ever been in any kind of church context, um, talking about relationships. But we know this is true, that hurt people hurt people. Okay. Now, we can all find ourselves, in, and we're going to read a few of these that are just kind of parallel statements to that. But I think we all, or I believe we all, are a work in progress. So none of us has perfectly arrived, and we are ultimately healed, restored, and delivered in every aspect of our soul and our mind. No, that's just not true but it is so important that we apply ourselves and that i get healed so my marriage is better so my as a father like my personal deliverance healing and freedom that i attain through my relationship with jesus mm -hmm. is going to positively affect my relationship with my kids so here i'm going to go through these and just read them abandoned people control people okay All right people that struggle now i know somebody out there might have been abandoned or might have been hurt but here's the point that the point here is that these issues we have that we don't deal with yeah. are going to negatively affect relationship and may even destroy them. Mm -hmm. So here we go. Once again, here's another one. Rejected people drain people, right? Um, insecure people that are vexed and controlled by their insecurities, they manipulate people. Mm -hmm. Whether they consciously want to do it or not, it's because of an undealt issue. It flows out, out of the heart, flows <laughs> the issues of life. Here's, here's another thought here before we get into some of our other points. Unhealthy people attract unhealthy people. Okay, that, that, if I'm not dealing with my stuff, it, it, it's, it, it's and, and what happens is, 
is without me even trying, what will happen is if I don't deal with my unhealthy issues, I will push, yeah. even inadvertently, push healthy people away from me. Yeah. And these are general things. They are general. But... They're not like, we're not making ultimate statements of truth. Yeah. But the idea of needing to deal with your stuff. Yeah. yeah. And remember too that we're approaching this from a, a spiritual perspective. Yes. So um, I'm sure we have some, yeah. some social workers in our midst yeah. and guidance counselors mm -hmm. and, and all of those things. And they can speak to the psychological yeah. Yeah. nature yeah. of some of these yes. things. But we're speaking, either there's yeah. a spiritual side to all of these yes. things and they, they go together. So these generalizations aren't just things that we're just saying. We've actually seen people who've dealt with some of these issues and this is how it comes out in their lives. So yes, when we talk about doing your business with God first, we've talked about being self-aware. When the Holy Spirit starts to speak to you and reveal to you the issues or you find yourself in cycles with people in relationships, you can't get out of this cycle. The Holy Spirit might be saying, listen, there's an issue here that you have to deal with. A lot of times we just brush by it and we're like, oh, we're okay. Yeah. But he wants yeah. to go deeper yeah. with us. So don't ignore yes. those issues. Deal with them. Let the Holy Spirit work in you first so then it becomes a reflection in your relationships with others. Yeah, so now what we're going to talk about is healthy characteristics to develop. Yeah. And so we didn't just want to talk about the negatives. negatives. <laughs> because look at every human being, it falls into some category we just read in yeah. some way, whether it's where you come from. <laughs> yeah. And maybe you're like, no, I have been through some of that, but wow, God has touched me yeah. and I... I am so much better, right? Yeah. So that's beautiful. And so that's why it's so, I think this really, our relationships tie into our sanctification, mm -hmm. the process of Jesus delivering us. It, it is so important, not just for us, our own personal spirit, soul, and body, yeah. but it's so important, our sanctification, our deliverance, whatever you want to call it, is so important for our relationship with other people. Um, and so here we go. Here are some. Do you want to read some yeah. of these, babe? Healthy characteristics to develop in your life. Um, one, humility. We're going to read them and then we'll kind of touch on them. One, humility. Two, trustworthiness and integrity. Three, purity of heart. And four, internal fortitude. Um, <laughs> yeah, those, so there those are so those many are, those are big ones. behaviors connected to <laughs> like these we can, things. We can go on and on, but oh, these are just more highlighted. Yes. Yeah. And you know what? For hope groups, we're, we have a sermon review group, and we're going to go a oh, little yes. deeper oh, sure. during the week. And you can join us on Zoom if you're part of our online community or in person. But um, we're just briefly touching on these today. Humility, trustworthiness, and integrity, purity of heart, and internal fortitude. Colossians 3.12, it says, Therefore, as the elect of God, Holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. Yes, humility. So that the, that, that's right here in Colossians 3. This is so important. I know that's such like a Bible word, you know. And um, it's not really a Bible. Well, word. it's just it's yeah, in the Bible. True, yeah. But I mean, I think we all can tell when somebody's humble. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, not like false humility, but you right. can genuinely yeah. tell when somebody yeah. is, is humble. It's so attractive. It really is because you're like, oh, 
I really but, like that you want to yeah. do things for, yeah. for somebody who comes off humble. Yeah. Because you're like, they're not looking for the fame attached to whatever it is. They're truly humble people. Yeah. And their life is a service. Yeah. So humility, it means, this is what it literally means, inside out. Mm. It, or I think the way it's worded in the definition is like, it's an inside out virtue. Yeah. Like that, it speaks of the inside. Yeah. Not the show, yeah. what is projected. It's not persona. It's like the opposite of persona or the opposite. It's not personality. No, or image. It, or image or, or, yeah, it's not projecting. It's literally what's going on yeah. in the inside. So it's inside out virtue. And it comes from comparing ourselves to the Lord so we don't become self-exalting. Mm. So it's that, that person mm. internally goes, wait a minute. <laughs> If I were to compare myself to the Lord, look, I am, I'm not Mr. or Mrs. Great here. Like, wow, Jesus. Yeah. Self-promoting. Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we recently uh, met with another like uh, pastor and it was such an awesome experience. Like they were just so humble and open mm -hmm. just about talking about things. And it was so um, endearing. To just be in the conversation, we walked away going, "That was a blessing." That was a good conversation because it, it just—it was yeah. the the gentleman was humble. There was humility, yeah. and it was like, "Wow, mm -hmm. that was I enjoyed that." Yeah. Like, I want to do something for that person now. Yeah. Like, it's just you yeah. feel that you sense the yeah. heart in the other person, and you sense their the. We always we use this word a lot where it's like, "Oh, um, you want people to be real." and you want them to be um, genuine. And that nature comes from a place of humility. When you can sense when someone is being real with you or you're getting their true nature, like you can sense it, you know it, and it makes you want to know them more and be around them more. That's humility. Yeah, it is. I mean, humility it attracts. is <laughs> relational capital. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. So also the other word there in this verse, it says, and forgiving one another. All of these, these couple of verses here in Colossians, it's all about relationship. <laughs> Being in Christ, the blessing of doing our due diligence, of developing these characteristics mm -hmm. will bless our relationships. Here, I'm going to give you the definition of forgiving. It's a very interesting word. It's karizomai. Um, it's where we get, it comes from the word charisma. It comes from the word kadis. It's tied to gifts, spiritual gifts, favor. Um, it's, that's what it means. So, so spiritual gifts are God's favor and endowment on an individual. Forgiving is extending favor to it other is. people. It's, it's grace. It is. It's they've done wrong, but I'm going to extend grace. They've done wrong, and I'm going to give them favor. The same way God has done. Yeah, and so that's it's coming from what God has done for us. Because yeah. we've been forgiven, we must forgive. This is where internal fortitude comes in. <laughs> because forgiving others is not easy. No. It can be actually a downright internal battle. It is. It is. Mental, like spiritual, all of yeah. it. It's yeah. like forgiveness is one of those things. It's, it is a battle. Yeah. It's this constant battle. I know I have to do this, but this person did this. This person was wrong. This person is still wrong. And God's like, well, that's that's not on you. What's on you is to do what I told you to do. Yeah. <laughs> and that is to forgive. Yeah. Mm, extending favor and grace. Yeah. And we're always so thankful for God's grace for us. Like you're thankful for that God forgave you. 
And that person, remember, God is all about people. That person needs to know that God's grace is at work in you for them. And what's cool about this is in all things, even when Jesus, we look at, we read about Jesus, everything he did was to give honor and glory to God. It was to make God known. And when we're able to forgive people, and it's bigger than our own ability to do it. And people look mm -hmm. at that and say, how are you mm -hmm. able to do that? It is only by the grace of God yeah. that you can forgive people <laughs> and walk out forgiveness. It's only by the grace of God. Mm -hmm. Only. Because there's some things that almost seem unforgivable. Mm -hmm. But in God's eyes, there's always hope for people. There's always grace mm -hmm. for people. We don't get to decide that someone is without, that doesn't get to receive grace and doesn't get to for, mm -hmm. receive forgiveness. That's not our decision to make. Mm -hmm. It's his. And we have a responsibility and obligation to do what God has asked us to do because he's done the same for us. Yep. This goes back to the first point. Why do I forgive? Mm -hmm. People matter more than anything. Mm -hmm. And sometimes our struggle is my bitterness matters more than that person. Mm. And we got to say, no, it's about the you've done wrong, but you matter more than what you have done. Mm. Titus 3, verse 2, verse 5. Here's another one. we got a couple more verses here uh, about this stuff, this yeah. internal fortitude type stuff. <laughs> to speak evil of no one, Titus 3, verse 2 and 3. To speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, <laughs> gentle, showing all humility, humility to all men man this is it right here verse three for we ourselves were also once foolish <laughs> disobedient what? deceived serving various what? lusts and pleasures what? living in malice and envy hateful and hating one another what people what? matter more than anything what? We according to titus yes <laughs> according to the word of god here that's that's what it's saying here and so there we go you know purity of heart i am telling you being open and transparent, peaceable, gentle, having a pure heart towards people mm. is so healthy. It's good for your for your own um, condition. But I am telling you, people need to know yeah. that they're that the person they're engaging with relationally in whatever context are not up to something. Like, what's their <laughs> angle? What do they got up their sleeve? Why are they sick? You know the ones you at times you're like, I don't know, something ain't right. Or you're like, yeah, this seems a little shifty. What do you do? You walk away from that backwards. Like keep your eyes open, right? Like what it repels. And so purity of heart is so important. And in it's relationships. cool because one of our prayer points this year was um, God, give us a pure heart. Yeah. It says the pure in heart will see God. Mm. It's in Matthew chapter five. When your heart is pure and your heart is right before the purity doesn't mean perfection. Mm -hmm. It just means that your heart is in a place for growth and change, for the Holy Spirit to really work in you. And when our heart is in a place like that, we'll see God in his fullness. What, the, what does that do? It enables us to see his heart for people in any situation. We want a pure heart so we can see God. Anything in our heart that is, it, it, this is what it says in, um, in Titus, anything in our heart that pushes us to serve our personal lusts and yeah. pleasures yeah. 
is not purity of heart. That is a selfish motivation for things. And it's so important that um, our prayer is, God, give me a pure heart so I can see you, so I can know you, so I can be like you, so I can love people like you love them, so I can see them like you see them. Let that be a prayer. It's one of the Beatitudes, mm -hmm. Matthew chapter 5. It's a really good one. So turn your Bibles, 1 Corinthians 13, mm -hmm. 4 to 5. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 5. Love suffers long and is kind. You, you know what? It's talking about people here. It is. It is talking about oh, it people. Long. Yeah. Relationships. Uh, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Uh, is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thanks no evil. Provoke is not provoked. It is not, uh, King James says, easily provoked. Or, you know, easily this is why it's so important to deal with our issues before God and to say, Lord, here I am. Lord, you know, just allow God to do his work in us. Why? Because when we don't, we get in relationships and we find ourselves easily provoked, easily offended. Mm -hmm. And we need internal fortitude <laughs> because people are gonna be sideways sometimes. And we need the internal fortitude to navigate it yeah. and not shun the person, not yeah. you know, just go into a dark cave yeah. because people hurt me too much. We need the internal fortitude so we can navigate the difficult moments. Yeah. And that's what yeah. it says, love, love developed in us, the fruit of the spirit empowers us to not be so easily provoked or offended. Mm -hmm. We did a series not too long ago called Triggers. Mm. And um, we talk a little bit about some of the things that trigger us. And just being really was a series about the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit at work. Because we mm. all have triggers. Relationships, people, mm. <laughs> will push your buttons. Like, inevitably. Kids push our buttons. Our kids push our buttons. We love them, love them, love them, love them. But even in them pushing our buttons, we realize, oh, wow, this is an area <laughs> I need to work on. Like, I can't just, they genuinely ask a question in your mind. You're like, are you just being smart? Or are you being rude? <laughs> That's happening, but they really genuinely want to know. So it's like checking yourself in the process of having a conversation with someone. It's very possible to do that where someone's talking to you and they push a button. You're like, how I respond now affects how this relationship moves forward or how this conversation moves forward. You can have the internal fortitude to even have that internal dialogue. So as you're in a situation, you're able to navigate it to the best of your ability with the Holy Spirit's guidance and help. That's good. And so now we're going to get into some questions for you. Yeah. We're going to read them all. These questions actually come from our starting point curriculum, mm -hmm. our starting point. So when people want to start serving or just want to get more connected to Hopeland, this is part of the curriculum. So we were teaching this to people um, <laughs> last week, and this really jumped out at us. So we just pulled these questions in, and it's about relationships. Yeah, for those so we're going to read them yeah. in detail. Yeah, or those, read, yeah, go yeah. No, I was just going to say, those of you who've been through starting points, it's been a while for some of you yeah. uh, going through starting points. So this will be a good refresher yeah. um, for you as well. Sorry, Karen. So here we go. I'll read one, then my wife will read one. We'll take turns. So here it is. Relationships. Write this down, folks. What relationships need to be initiated? Or 
What new relationship can you develop? Hmm. Give me the next one. What relationship needs to be nurtured? Um, next one. What relationship needs to be restored? Hmm. And lastly, what relationship needs um, better boundaries? Yeah. Or the, the, <laughs> one, the way it's worded here. <laughs> the way it's worded it's here. It's a little stronger. Needs to be severed. And that but might be true. It might be true. Um, but like we said, yeah. there's always grace for people, but it yeah. doesn't mean that um, yeah. you have to become somebody's doormat exactly. in order for them to be healthy. Yes. No, there are healthy boundaries and some relationships have to be dealt with um, in a very succinct way in order to um, even think clearly, approach things clearly. Because sometimes when you're in it, you can't see clearly. And sometimes you got to take a step back and be like, yeah, I can't be all up in this mess right now. I need some time to process what's happening. So yes. there there are always like little caveats to, to these questions. Right, but, but they're, they're just, because we, and the idea here is that relationships are at all different levels yeah. and all different spaces. So, yeah. so this one, we'll start with that one. Like what yeah. relationship needs to be severed? It's like, there may be times when you have to distance yourself from bad company. <laughs> That's the point that yes. the, it could be a bad influence. I'll give an extreme example to provide context. Something that comes out of hardcore drug addiction. You know what I'm saying? You need to sever um, some interaction yeah. with people that are still doing the drugs that you're coming out of. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I know that's an extreme exa extreme example, mm -hmm. but that is that's kind of, that's what we're talking about is there are some relationships that in in all of our efforts to make sure we're walking in forgiveness, we're not bitter, we're not dragging this relationship for years and years and years in our soul and we're all angry and mad at the world because of something happened to me 10 years ago. What we're saying is there may be times where there is a need to say no boundary. I got to take this person out of my phone. Got to unfollow them on social media, yeah. block them on. Yes. And yes and amen. Sometimes it's self-preservation. It is. Sometimes it's like if I'm going to grow yeah. and get to a place where I might be able to actually minister to people here and speak into people's life, I need time. Yeah to be able to build myself up yep. in the Lord. And sometimes it requires um, a severing yep. and a separation yep. from the things that were. Yep. So you can grow into the person God wants you to be. Yep. And what we'll try to get through all of these here. Yeah. Um, um, we're we're going to close here in just a few. But what relationships need to be restored? Like, is there a relationship, this is just good questions, that is broken, damaged, and not where it should be? So restoration is not always easy, but it's worth it. So the idea here is sometimes relationships aren't re are restored because we're unwilling to go through the short-term pain of having to confront some things so we can have long-term harmony, right? And so sometimes, I mean, restoration requires effort on our part. So that's the question. Like there could be a relationship in your life. So you know what? This relationship needs some mending. Yeah. Yeah. And next one, you want to do that one? What relationship needs to be nurtured? Are there relationships in your life that aren't where you think they could be? Um, mm. All relationships, there's going to be, sometimes there's a drifting, there's a changing. Um, it's mm. not all bad. And sometimes um, 
but sometimes things can be prevented where um, you, I've mentioned this, you're going to hear us say this, um, being self-aware. Because um, when you know that you can grow in a relationship and there are things that you can do to make it better, mm-hmm. then make it better. Take stock of your relationships and have the real conversations with people who are important to you. It matters. They matter. This relationship matters to you. So it should equate to, I am going to make the effort to make things better or to make things right. And I think that has to be intentional. Some of these these things happen just kind of organically, but some of these have to be intentional. You want your relationship to be better. There has to be intentional um, Effort. effort made. To make it better, yeah, not magic, yeah, yeah. It's not, yeah. <laughs> not magic. This isn't yeah. Disney, like, yeah. like I don't have the exact verse, but if you want friends, you got to show yourself friendly. friendly, yeah. Like, there's and and that's we got to step in, yeah. And it might feel awkward. We, we're gonna yeah. mention this will be one of our points in one of these weeks, but awkwardness in relationship is completely normal, yeah. If there's never <laughs> awkwardness, you're not really going anywhere. No, <laughs> get used to awkward, it'll help you out. <laughs> yes. Um, what relationship? This is the last one. We're going to close and pray. But what relationship needs to be initiated, or what new relationship can you develop? God wants us to do life together. So yeah. this is like, you know, we all need others yeah. for support, encouragement, accountability. Um, and so, yeah. Do you want to read that? That that one's good. You um, put that back down. Who's missing in your life? Like, is there anyone in your life that you think hey, it would be really cool to genuinely get to know this person? What do you have to do to get to know them? Right. Like, we talked about going out on coffee dates and stuff like that. Like, let's go get some coffee. I feel like we, we might connect. I feel like we might be good friends. Have you ever met a person you're like, I feel like we could be really good friends? <laughs> Develop something. Initiate something. You have to look for these relationships. Don't wait for them to come to you. Mentors can be found in any area of life. Work, school, um, spiritual um, family, like look for those people and be like, you know what? I'm going to learn something from them. Be intentional. You sometimes have to initiate the contact in order to grow. So good. And so these questions, um, you know, take them with you, write yeah. them down, put them in your, in your notes. Um, as prep and, for 2024, this is how I'm this year. <laughs> yeah. 2024. And so, um, we're going to pray for you here. Yeah. We're going to pray for you. And so God bless you guys. We love you. Father, we thank you for everybody here and we pray for their relationships. We pray for their own personal deliverance, healing, sanctification, all that good stuff that you do, Holy Spirit, in us. Lord, I pray that let this season and this coming year be relationally enriching and fulfilling for everybody. Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We love you guys. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And my prayer is that you go out there and you change your world through the power of Jesus Christ. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings and follow us on social media and check out our website at hopelandla.com. Peace.